0: Well, I'm going to be talking about spiritual warfare today, and spiritual warfare has actually been something that my family over the years has has chuckled over. You know, they'll uh, they have asked me periodically, "Well, what are you going to be teaching on pop spiritual warfare?" Huh? Because they know that I love to talk about spiritual warfare, and probably the reason I love to talk about it so much is from the moment. In fact, looking back. And you guys will probably be in the same boat. Looking back before my conversion, I can see opportunities that the enemy took in order to kill me or injure me or damage me, right? And isn't it cool when you look back and you see how split seconds of time would be the difference between your demise and your survival, right? Right? And, you know, if we could open the unseen world, what would we see? Angelic intervention? I believe over and over again. For those of us who are the heirs of salvation, I think that angels are operating on our behalf uh, from even before the moment of our birth. And they intervene. um, And they love to intervene, particularly when we 're doing risky things for the kingdom after we 've gotten saved, they they intervene, I believe, for our survival, often before we get saved and then after we get saved, when we do great things for God when we 're engaged in adventures in God, that 's when I believe angels get get uh, uh excited about their work. You know we have at least one of a one guardian angel and maybe more. Right, and they're on guard for us all the time, but I've heard it said that um, you know they they get to work really when we are engaged in strong faith things. So that, you know, that's when they, they really, um, they really enjoy their jobs when we, when we're doing things that, that require faith on our part and grace, speaking of grace, Janet, you know, grace on God's part. So when the grace needs to be poured out, right, there the angels are, I think, to really operate. And I've never quite understood. To be honest with you, why? The Holy Spirit, God Himself, we know that He operates, He communicates the riches of Christ, He communicates the power of God, He communicates gifts, right? Gracelets from, from Himself in order to do the work of, of the kingdom. So I've never quite understood why, if the Holy Spirit can do all this stuff, why is there a need for angels? You know, why Why would that? But I heard it said at one point, and I think it's true, that God simply loves to be in partnership yeah. with other beings. Yeah. Yep. And that's why he works with us. That's why his work is... In us and through us out into the earth. And so we are significant. As I said last night when I was talking about spiritual warfare. We have to know that we are significant in this rolling out of the kingdom of God all over the earth. That's happening. And happening with increasing intensity. Happening with increasing acceleration. And I'm so happy at Russ's testimony. That those missionaries are now free to go on more high risk adventures for the Lord. And um, wherever the Lord will take them, um, there the kingdom of God will expand. And that's awesome. And that's awesome. So proud of this church. I'm proud of you guys. I want to thank you guys so much for your work here at this building uh, with regard to the conference. I'm looking at people right now. And I want to I thank uh, Ruth. Ruth you uh you were a big hit with uh, the people who came. Um, they they love you. I have no idea why. I mean, it's just, no. and Christine and Jim, I mean, you know, I'm I got a list here. Got a list here. So, uh Christine and and uh, Ruth and um Yeah, got Bud right here. Incredible. Incredible. Credible. Credible. Uh, yep. I'll tell you, Tom is a drumming guy. Where is that Tom? Where is he? He's out there. Okay, He's taking, a nap. taking <laughs> He's resting his hands. And Rod Moton came and did did sound when he didn't have to do that. And and Rachel Moton, and Linda Dodo, and uh, Joyce Mulrooney. You know, she uh, led worship on Saturday morning and came back and led worship on Saturday night, and it was just an awesome time. And I want to thank you guys so much for doing everything you've done and for praying for it. It really was. Let me say, see. Let me tell you about the vineyard, Kelly, Kelly, Rhodes. Kelly Rhodes, and you. Yeah? yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I'm great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boy. I'll hear about that one later. (laughs) Um, I just want to tell you, see, the vineyard. I heard a story, a guy named Ken Fish, who's coming the first weekend in June, by the way. He's coming for a weekend with us, and that'll be great. But he's a tremendous teacher and a tremendous minister in the power of the Holy Spirit. But at one point, I was talking to Ken uh, Ken about prayer and the vineyard. And uh, apparently, when uh, the vineyard started way back in 81, something like that, uh, John Wimber actually tried to get the people who were the early part of the vineyard to become more prayerful. Uh, but the reality was that most of the people who started the vineyard were um, uh, expatriates from other churches who were burned out by religion. And so they came and got, became part of this new thing in california called the vineyard and they didn't want to have anything to do with religious traditions they just wanted to start new and kind of start in the kingdom of god and 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 find a new way and so they associated prayer with religious tradition and so Wimber john was never successful in uh, inculcating a real deep sense of the power of prayer now it 's not to say that people didn 't pray, of course they they did pray, but there, was, there wasn 't the concentration, there wasn 't the intensity, there wasn 't the same um, understanding of of the power and the, the the fuel of prayer in the engine of the church that that wasn 't uh, in, in the vineyard, and it actually never has been and what 's happening in our East region? In, in terms of the prayer conference that we just had and the many people who've come from from all the states in the Northeast and, and they, they're inspired with prayer and they're bringing more and more <clears throat> focus on prayer and becoming a house of prayer into their own churches. This is actually a first. This is a, a revolution, a new foundation of prayer in the vineyard anywhere. And it's starting here in the East. And we had the... This is really cool. We had the... Uh, The wife of the national director of Vineyard USA, her name is Jan Strout. She was the keynote speaker last night. And one of the things she said is that, you know, she is seeing this prayer movement beginning in the northeast region of the vineyard. And she is seeing that that this is kind of a catalyst that's beginning to flow out into other portions of Vineyard USA and actually Vineyard all over the world. They're beginning to sense a new surge a new grace. She called it a spirit of grace and supplication that seems to be falling on the church and causing people to just start to rise up more and more in, in prayer and you know what's so cool and what's so exciting about that is before God does any kind of major move he will pour out the spirit of grace and supplication on his church to pray so there is something stirring that's big something that's stirring that's really big and uh, I'm, I'm very happy to be part of that so on Friday night here I taught on spiritual warfare as part of the prayer life of the New Testament believer And uh, I don't have time to go through all of what I said, but I want to focus on kind of the key point that, that I made on Friday night, which as spiritual warriors, and we're called to be spiritual warriors, Paul calls us soldiers for the Lord. We have weapons that are spiritual and not carnal or not fleshly or not natural. We have supernatural weaponry, and we have an enemy And our enemy hates us and he prowls around like roaring lions, lions seeking whom he can devour. But we have these weapons against the enemy and the weapon I want to focus on this morning is one that I think is rarely focused on in the church, actually anywhere. And it has to do with um, a scripture that is um, given to us and so I want, I think, Somebody's back there. Okay, Linda? Yeah, good. If you could turn in the program to slide 10, I believe it is. <clears throat> okay. So, this slide, this scripture, talks to us about um, a skill that is actually involved with understanding and having a certain kind of attitude with regard to what the Scripture calls the schemes or strategies, there are other synonyms used as well in Scripture, the devices, the plans, the um, purposes of the enemy against the church. So in this Scripture we find Paul speaking... And he is talking about his apostolic team who's traveling across a portion of the known world. And he's been at this for a number of years, for decades now. And so his team has learned some things about this warfare that they're in, in spreading the gospel. So the kingdom of God is spreading, but there are adversaries. There is opposition to the kingdom of God. Paul has discovered this. And he happens to make a kind of a a comment in passing in his letter to the Corinthians and he says so that no advantage would be taken of us by Satan we are not ignorant of his schemes or of his devices now I want to point out a couple things about this scripture I didn't have the opportunity to go into this last night but I do want to do it tonight now this the word advantage is an interesting word it means to obtain the better part so if i have an advantage over an opponent in any kind of game then i'm in a position where i have um a leg up on my opponent i have i'm holding the high ground so to speak of no matter what the game is i'm i'm in a better position to defend myself or to attack so an advantage in warfare is extremely important You've got to have the advantage over your enemy in order to win the battle. And if you are at a disadvantage, if you're not on the high terrain but you're on the low terrain, or if you're outnumbered by forces, or if you've been maneuvered by the cleverness of your enemy into a place where you've suddenly entered into a killing field and you have no escape, well... That's an extreme disadvantage. And so Paul understands military terminology. He understands, I'm sure, the Roman army and the strategies of the Roman army. Of course, in Ephesians, he describes the weaponry that the Roman soldier has and likens each of those weapons to a spiritual part of uh, our equipment in Christ to battle the enemy. And so he says, in order that no advantage would be taken of us by Satan, and kind of a corollary to that would be, so that we could have an advantage over our enemy, so that we can end up on the winning side, not the losing side, Paul says, we are not ignorant of his schemes. So the Another way to say we are not ignorant is simply to say that we are knowledgeable. We have knowledge. We know. We understand what the devices of the enemy, what the strategies, what the, the well-thought-out, and there are actually two words in the Greek in the New Testament that, ref, that are both translated schemes, and one is the word noema in the Greek, and it, happen, it means it has to do with thinking. It has to do with um, uh, the operation of the mind and planning. And there's another word that is also translated schemes that is the word methodia, and it means ways of being, ways of doing, ways of action. So if you put those two words together, then you get insight into... Satan and and not just Satan himself as an individual being which of course he is but but his empire of demonic beings of different powers and different responsibilities in his kingdom right so they think and then they plan and then they implement ways of action against the church so It may be a surprise to you, but I hope it doesn't scare you, but every one of you in this room who's planning on and is actively involved in making a difference for the kingdom of God, you have got a demonic en- enemy who is actively planning and actively attempting to implement customized strategies against you In order to block your way in the kingdom. And worse yet, if he can do it, if your enemy can do it, he would destroy you. Your God's bigger. My God's bigger. Our God's bigger. However, if these guys needed to be knowledgeable about the schemes of the enemy... In order not to be taken advantage of by the enemy, so do we. Yes. Amen. So do we. When I was a young believer, I mean I had I had found Christ, Christ had found me, it was remarkable, it was wonderful. But I'm telling you, I it was immediately placed into this zone of weird reality. <laughs> that I now know was a spiritual battleground. Gr- but I didn't know it at the time. But I mean, there would be times I would wake up in the morning and there would be like a, like a, like a blanket, like sitting on my mind or sitting on my body and it would be, be so strange. And, and then I would, you know, make a plan to do this and there'd be these weird, uh, uh, circumstantial things that would happen in my life. Or, or, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Or I mean, you know, early on, I mean, I became a Christian and shortly after Lynn and I got married and and, and, and you know, we, we got married because it was God's will for us to get married and we wanted to get along and love each other, and we ended up fighting like cats and dogs over almost nothing. And particularly when we, we were thrust into ministry soon after we were married, and so you know, when we when we would go to minister at some place, we would we would just erupt in these in these strange fights where she would say something I would completely misunderstand that I would say something to her, she would completely misunderstand it. Boom, boom, we just miss each other, right? And it would just be terrible. And then we'd go and we'd do the ministry, we'd come out, we'd get back in the car and pick up the stupid fight right where we left off. And I'm telling you, it was horrible. And it was like, it, it, the world was strange. And I didn't know it, but I was in the midst of a battle and the enemy was actually exercising, he was implementing schemes against me. And I had no idea. No one taught me that. Back then, nobody taught any of this stuff. I haven't heard much teaching on it at all. It's something that the Lord has kind of revealed to me, and I've had to learn it through the school of hard warfare. But, but there are devices, and we need to know those devices. There's a great truth in warfare. Russ, who was the, I believe it was the Chinese military leader or philosopher, who said, know your enemy, Okay, that guy. All right? So famous dictum in war. Know your enemy. And in this case, know your enemy's strategies or devices against you. And this is very important. And this has to do with the spiritual warfare skill of what is called in the Bible watchfulness or alertness. Okay? Okay? Now, um, go, to, go to another slide, please. Go to the next one. Let's see what we got here. All right. Key spiritual warfare skills. This is what I want to talk about. Alertness is a key to the protection of us and of our churches. Now, I was talking on Friday night to many people who come from many churches, so I was putting this in the context of protecting our churches as prayer warriors. But this principle works Equally as well, in terms of protecting our own individual lives as believers and the lives of our family. Okay? So this this is in the scripture. Paul refers to it. Peter refers to it. This word alert or watchful. Now I want to give you a little bit of background. Then we want to go into a couple scriptures and give some examples and we'll be done. In the ancient Near East... In the agrarian, that's that's the farmland part uh, of of the civilized world. There were fields uh, of of, uh, crops uh, that were being harvested, obviously, to feed the villages, to feed the towns, to feed even a city. And then there were uh, flocks of sheep and goats and perhaps other animals that were also intended to provide uh, sustenance for the people in the area, and so in order to protect the uh, flocks and the the harvest fields, villages and towns and cities would erect watchtowers, and these would be uh, prominent points, probably constructed of of stone, and people who were known to have sharp vision and clear ability to notice things would be stationed they would be the sentries they would be the guards and their job was to stay awake and to peer off into the distance in order to detect the movement of thieves or robbers or predators animal predators that would come to try to break into the animals of the village or the harvest of the village And so these guys were on duty, especially during harvest time, these guys were on duty all the time, and that was their job. And we see the same thing in in prisons today, don't we? We see guard towers that are stationed around the walls of the prison, and they're manned with people, and they're watching. They're on watch. They're alert. And that's the reference to the scriptures. Let's put up a couple of more scriptures. Go to the next slide. OK, here are two scriptures that refer to this military skill called being on the alert or watchful. obviously first peter five eight, these are both familiar scriptures. Be sober, stay focused, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. So this is, I mean, we read it through. I mean, I've read this probably hundreds of times. You have too. If you read it in the same translation, it it gets so rote in your mind, you, you really don't see it. But consider the original force of it. I mean, you're being told. You're being told that you have a spiritual enemy who is out to kill you. Being devoured doesn't sound like fun. Being devoured is a significant thing to go through that I don't want to go through. So, I have an enemy. You have an enemy. And many people in Christian churches don't think they, they have enemies. I mean, there's a, there's a position that God is so great and He's so wonderful. We keep our focus on Him. He's done everything for us and all that's true. But, but the, but the force of it is such that, that some draw the conclusion that therefore we don't have to pay any attention. We don't have to do anything with regard to our enemies and the church's enemies and God's enemies, the demonic forces that are out to advance the kingdom of darkness while God's people are advancing the kingdom of God. And that's a fallacy. You can't read through the New Testament and not see that the New Testament writers focused on the importance of God's people, not only loving God, not only worshiping the preeminent Christ, but paying attention to the enemy, knowing his ways and taking countermeasures against him. Second scripture, Ephesians six, eighteen. Praying always with all kinds of prayer. This is right at the end of the passage that lists the various pieces of the armor, both defensive and offensive armor, that the Christian soldier has on him. The spiritual armor. And the last piece of the armor... Yeah, this is a teaching in and of itself. But it's very important. Be praying always with all kinds of prayer, Staying on the alert. That's right in the scripture. With all perseverance and petition. For all the saints. So the first scripture. I think it's legitimate. To interpret the first scripture. As referring primarily. To individuals. But the second scripture. Refers to the church. That there need to be those people in churches all over the world whose ministry is to be on watch, alert, not to that which is happening in the visible so much, although that is a piece of it, we'll see in a second, but being alert to what's going on in the invisible world so we can, by the gift of this discerning of spirits, we can be given the ability by the Holy Spirit to see The activities of the enemy as he's trying to approach not only us and our families, but also our church. And we see his activity at a distance because we're on watch. And then we sound the alert. We bring that which is hidden in darkness into the light And then we can destroy the works of the devil, which is what Jesus did, right? We can destroy the works of the devil out there before those devilish forces get to us and cause trouble. All right? And wouldn't that be far better (laughs) than to fight? You know, actually, that's part of the doctrine of the American military and the American government. That's why we send troops into other countries far away to defeat enemies so that they're defeated there so they don't come here. Honestly, that's military doctrine for the U.S. of A. (laughs) And, And that is, I believe, a valid spiritual way to look at this being on the alert. Okay. So, I want to talk about knowing your enemy. So I think go to another slide. Sorry, I'm, I'm just picking. In. Okay. Three ways to detect an attack. And by the way, let me just quickly say that uh, what I said about the watchtower was true for ag- agrarian society, but uh, the same principle holds true within cities, in the ancient world and if you go to Europe you'll see these uh, there are you'll see remnants of them not not fully walled cities but there are walled cities there are walls around built around cities obviously to protect the city from enemies and there were gates that opened and let people and goods and etc. in or closed so that they were barred from coming in and there again were stationed on the walls watchmen there were watchmen on the walls. And they would look out, especially in the dusk and in the night. And they would look out and they would try to detect any kind of encroaching enemy activity. And then what they would do, this is the way it was set up. They had trumpets, shofars. And so they would they would sound the trumpet if they saw something sp- uh, suspicious. And then the uh, a military squad of some kind would the first thing that would happen is they would close the gates of the city. But then a military contingent would go out through those gates, and then the gates would close again, and they'd go out where this activity was supposedly detected and then destroy the activity or at least scout it out and see what was necessary to destroy the activity, and then they would come back. So this is very similar. This was a physical metaphor, a physical reality, really, of, uh, of what... Paul is talking to us and the instruction he's giving to us in spiritual warfare. So I want to focus on knowing the enemy's typical attack strategies. And I've taught on this, I think, before, but it's always good to hear stuff like this again. Now let me tell you, here are two enemy strategies that are true of everybody who wants to make a difference in the kingdom of God. Every church, every parachurch organization, every mission organization, every missionary every person who's working in the marketplace, who has a Bible study in, the, in their business, everybody who is praying for coworkers It doesn't matter. If you are doing something for the kingdom of God, these two strategies, uh, the fir- in the first line there, these two strategies will always be released against you. And the first one is called opposition, thwarting, or hindering. This is in the scripture. If we had more time, we could go into the scriptures that refer to this. But what this essentially means is whenever you try to do something for God, go somewhere for God, whenever you try to speak to someone about God, whenever even you go into prayer that is a way of extending the kingdom of God, there will be demonic forces that are trying to put stuff in your way to stop you. Ever noticed when you set your heart that you're gonna have a really great prayer time, how many weird and stupid distractions come along? Yeah, telephone will ring in a strange way, the cell phone will ring in a strange way, or or you get, you know, an emergency will happen. I mean, you know, and, and these are not just natural, they are supernatural. They're demonic supernatural things that are going on in the unseen world and the enemy has a, a certain amount of ability that's built into reality the way god has created things the enemy has a certain amount of ability to inject into the natural world those kinds of things that will stop god's people and ultimately steal kill or destroy which is the nature of the enemy and so demons operate according to the nature of their master and that's what he wants to do, and so that's what they want to do. So whenever we try to do something, we, we can expect to be hindered. Now, let me, let me say that. We can expect to be hindered. Now, I'm not saying that because, you know, I don't, I don't believe that if I speak that out, I create the reality of it. No, in this case, I believe that the reality of it is created whether I speak it out or not. It's going to be there. I can guarantee you that every time you try to get up on a Sunday morning and come to church... Unless you know how to take countermeasures against that, there are going to be things that the enemy is going to try to do to stop you from getting where God wants you to be. That probably happened this morning. It could be internal things. could be in your emotions. It could be thoughts come into your mind. Man, it sure would be great. Look at this. It's a beautiful day. We've had a couple of lousy days. Let's just sleep in a little later and go for a walk, honey. <laughs> right? I mean, a thought like that will come in. I mean, all this stuff is, you know, and what's the goal? The goal is to keep us from going where God wants us to go, doing what God wants us to do. Okay, the second strategy is retaliation. If he can't stop you from getting there and receiving the blessing or being the blessing God wants for you to be, he is vindictive and he's nasty, and he will simply try to steal from you the joy of the blessing that you received. He'll try to hit you after you've successfully done what God wants you to do. I can't tell you how many times this has happened to Lenemy. I gave you an example. So we have a great time in ministry. She'll give a testimony. I'd give a testimony. We'd play some songs. People would, you know, cry. And and some would get saved and whatever. And, you know, it would be wonderful. Thank you, you guys. You young people. Back then we were young people. You young people were so great, you know. And we get back into our car. And again, it would be like somebody turned on a switch. The same stupid demonic energy would be after us that was after us before. Now we just don't talk. Yeah, now we figured out a strategy against it. Actually, we have figured out a strategy against it. Because if the enemy could, he would still do that. But you know what we have decided to do in the power of God? We have decided before church and immediately after church, we choose not to get into anything that we could argue about. We just simply avoid that. We don't get into it. It doesn't happen because we don't walk into that snare. We step over the snare. We walk around the snare. We don't step into it. Back in our early days, man, we'd step into it every stupid day. (laughs) Over and over and over and over and over. over So okay. So opposition, retaliation, counterattack. The enemy will try to do it. Now, what can you do? Well, you need to know your enemy. Know his devices. If you know his devices, you can do, well, we developed a counter strategy against them, but another thing you can do, once you know them, you could say, in Jesus' name, I cancel the assignment of every spirit of retaliation that is going to try to come against me after this church service. After, at, at the end of the conference last night, after the last song, I stepped to the mic and I declared over all who were here, I said, no weapon formed against you will prosper in Jesus' name. And what I was doing is I was declaring the truth by the authority that God has given to me to speak in the name and the nature of Jesus. And so I spoke that out and that truth became operational in the people. And what it did is it prevented the enemy from counterattacking people. Okay? Now, the second kind of device that I want to talk about and then be done is the enemy's typical attack strategies that are customized just to you. Just to you. Pretty much every temptation that comes to us that we, then we either... Avoid by saying no to, or we step into and say yes to, and then suffer the consequences. Pretty much everyone, I believe, is a combination of our fallen wills that are kind of inclined in that direction, and the work of the enemy to stir up and inflame a situation, okay? So I think it's both at once. And so there are certain things that I am, unfortunately, in my flesh, heir to, that are temptations for me that may not be temptations for you. For example, I, because of my background, have a real weakness in the area of rejection. When I feel rejected, when I feel that someone has simply refused to to just in a decent human way acknowledge me, or and it sounds I sound pretty narcissistic here, and I'm sorry for that, but but it's just a reality. If I feel like I'm being being uh, um, uh, on the out, okay, excluded from something, then, uh, I mean, it, it, it enrages me. I think I've told you this before, haven't I? It, it enrages me inside. I become angry. I, be, I, I become, you know, inwardly prone to vindiction. You know, I want to get back at these people. I want to hit them. Not, not necessarily physically, but... Almost, you know, and, 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 and I just, I, this, is, this is an area that's a specific device of the enemy that works just for me. You have yours. I know, Jim, I know you've told me in the past you've had a real anger problem, right? By the grace of God, you don't have that problem anymore. Awesome. And any one of us here, can we have certain areas that, we, that has been a strategy of the enemy to, use, to be used against us. Okay, Now, we can take authority. Now, I want to I leave you with this. Every strategy of the enemy that, that you become aware that he is trying to operate against you, you can preemptively destroy that potential attack of the enemy upon you by praying against it before it happens. I want to encourage you. You can do that. You, you, you can do it if you do it it will work if you do it if you don't do it if you're ignorant if you ignore the strategies of the enemy against you then you will be hit by them that doesn't say you're going to be killed but your life is going to be a little bit more unhappy because of that but we don't need that's not God doing that that's the enemy doing that And I don't want to accept anything in my life that's of the enemy I will accept only what is of God and so here's what you do this will be the end. Whenever you discern a strategy of the enemy, for instance, you know, as, as I walk out of here after the second service, I will say, in Jesus' name, I declare no attack of the enemy planned against me in counterattack upon me, upon Lynn, upon our family, upon our dogs. I won't list all of them, but I'll say anything uh, having to do with us or what we possess or what we do, I declare the enemy has no place in that and no weapon formed against me will prosper. In Jesus' name, amen. And you know what? Because I believe that's so true, that's a promise of God, because I say that, it does not happen. Not because of me, but because of him and his authority over the power of the enemy, that I exercise. I got to throw the javelin at the enemy and destroy him out there before he gets close to me. But I have a javelin in the Lord. It's called prayer. It's called authoritative prayer. And I throw it, and I hit the mark in Jesus' name, by his grace. The enemy is destroyed, and my life is kingdom-oriented much more than the stuff I have to fight through otherwise. And that can be true of you too and for the whole church. In Jesus' name, let's stand together. God, we thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You have not left us without weapons. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not worldly. But they are spiritual and mighty for the destruction of enemy fortresses. And we thank you for that, God. I pray for my brothers and sisters here that this equipment that we see in the Scripture for us, from you, would be put on by them and, and, and used in their, uh, their battle with the enemy so that because we're in it, we're going to win it in Jesus' name. Amen.